Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. So, I have a question for you this morning. What do you think about most in your life? Some of you didn't get that yet, all right? I want you to think about that a minute. What do you think about most in your life? When I ask that question, I'm not going to give you a bunch of examples of what that could be, because um, that could be all over the place, right? Uh, but when I, when I ask that question, I will say that some of you probably, um, all of you probably have plenty of thoughts running through your head right now, but some of you probably think, who think the most about food, just started thinking about lunch. All right. So I want you and everyone else now thinking about all these other things, right? I want, uh, and, and me, um, I want us to, to kind of come back together here. And I want us to ask God um, to help us this morning. And so we're going to pray this prayer together. Uh, Lord, I'll I'll tell you the prayer and then we'll pray it. Lord, please help me think about the things you want me to think about today. All right, if you're willing to pray that with me, I want to ask you to pray that out loud with me now. So let's pray. Lord, please help me think about the things you want me to think about today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Our passage today, we just prayed that prayer. Our passage today shows us what the Lord wants us to think about. So we prayed that it'll show us. Now let's look at it. All right. Here he teaches us what to believe about him, how to live in response to who he is and, and what he has done and what he will, will, what he will do. And so Philippians chapter 4, we're going to continue in this series in Philippians looking at verses 8 through 9. This is God's word. He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, just to remind you um, that if, if you haven't been here with us before now, or if um, just in case you've forgotten, you probably haven't, that the context of this of the, the letter of Philippians, um, in, in the context of this, the Apostle Paul is, is, has been chained 24, uh, seven, 24 hours a day, seven days a week to a guard. And he's not sure what's going to happen to him. He has some, some hope that maybe God is going to deliver him from this, um, but he's not really sure what's going to happen to him. And so he's writing to the church in Philippi, reminding them that that whatever happens to him, they need to look to Jesus because he, Jesus, is the one who began a good work in them, and he, Jesus, will bring it to completion. And so Paul's reminding the Christians in in, um, Philippi at the church there that their lives on earth individually and their lives on earth together, you get that? Not just individually, but also together, are to be pointing each other and those around them to Jesus while they remember, and John shared um, a couple weeks ago, that this world, while they're remembering, that this world is not all there is. All right, he talks about being um, heavenly minded or, or thinking of that, that what they're going to experience in the new heavens and the new earth. And so now we come to the final teaching point um, of Paul in this letter. Now, there's more we can learn from the story. We're going to actually have three more weeks of finishing the story, um, but... 
right here is, the, is Paul's final teaching point to the people in Philippi. And so in verse 8 and verse 9, right, he says, finally, brothers, that includes sisters, um, but in verse 8 and 9, there are two action words. In verse 8, it's think about, and then in verse 9, it's practice. And so those are our two points this morning. Think about these things and practice these things. And so if you look at verse 8, um, I'm going to ask Dave to, to leave verse 8 up there throughout this time. This isn't Dave messing up when it stays up there. Usually it flashes up and then goes away. It's going to stay there um, because the passage itself outlines the points we need to make, the, the subpoints we need to make here. Okay, so it's just going to stay up there for you so you can see these words as we go. At the end of that, you see he says, think about these things. Okay, so what are the things he, he says think about? Well, first of all, let me tell you this, pretty important. Um, the word think here is a very strong and clear word. You know, when we, when we say, yeah, I was thinking about something, a lot of times when we say that, we're kind of thinking, I was sitting around and daydreaming a little, right? This is a different word. This is a very intentional think about, okay? It, is, it means to count, to calculate, to, to dwell on these things. It's adding up all the figures and evidences. And so it refers more to fact. Think about, put all the facts together, think about these things, than it does about kind of just supposition or opinion. And Paul's saying, these things in this list I'm about to share with you, they are the things that matter in this life. They are the things that will impact you and those around you. They are the things that come from what we saw back in chapter 2, verse 5, the mind of Christ. So, what are those things? First, he says, think about whatever is true. True um, here, what he, what he means by true here, that's think about what is the fact. Think about the, the, the facts. And so, it's indicating here that truth can be known. That's not a very popular thing to say today. That there is a truth and that it can be known. There is a truth. That truth is seen in God Himself. He is the one who is true, He is unchanging. And again, I know that's unpopular, but it's important because. The one who is unchanging, the one who is true, is the one who says what is good for us. And that means because he is unchanging, because he is true, then the things that he says are good for us don't change either. They come from him, so they are true and unchanging. That means that they apply to every culture, in every time period, to every people group throughout history. All right, so then second, think about what is honorable. The word honorable means um, that is, is, like, is, is referring to character. So think about what is, what is honorable in character. Um, it's, it's think about those things that are in a character that are worthy of respect. And then he says, think about what is just. This word's used of God himself. Right? The word just in Scripture most predominantly used, is used of God himself who is, who is righteous and of Jesus Christ who is righteous. Okay? So this word just ultimately is defined by God. 
It's used of him again and again. And so to think on what is just means to think on the holy nature of God, especially as it's revealed in Jesus. And then think about what's pure. So the word pure here that Paul uses is specifically referring to, um, think about, it's, um, sorry, it means it's keeping our bodies undefiled by abstaining from sexual sin. So the word pure means an actual action of keeping our bodies undefiled and unstained by, by abstaining from sexual sin. Okay. Paul's saying, yes, and we need to do that. That is pure. But he's also saying, think about pure things. Right? It's not just abstain from the action of sexual sin, but think about pure things. So that makes it a little broader, right? Interestingly, um, there he's talking, I do believe, about sexual sins. But in another passage in Ephesians, Paul also says, using the same word of purity, he also says, follows that up in, in um, Ephesians, sorry, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. He says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. Also there, he's been talking about, think about things that are pure. All right, then he says, think about what is lovely. That word only occurs in, um, right here, only once in the New Testament. And it's what is pleasing, what is agreeable, what is attractive. And we have to look in the context here to understand what he's talking about. Because what are the things that are agreeable, that are pleasing, that are attractive in the book of Philippians? He talks about putting others before ourselves. He talks about caring for others around us. He talks about shining as lights in the world. He talks about thinking about Jesus, who is making things new. Then he says, think about what is commendable. This comes from a compound word. It's the idea of, of, of speaking well of something. And so think about those things that deserve a good reputation or those things that deserve to be highly spoken of by other people. All right, so there's a list of six things there. That's, that's the list. And then the sentence structure changes there, and he's summarizing them. Right? Um, he's summarizing this as he comes back. He's like, that doesn't cover everything you need to be thinking about. Um, and, and in fact, anything that is excellent, excellent or what that's talking about there is um, of virtue, moral virtue, uh, any of those things, think about those things. And then to sum it up again, anything that's worthy of praise, think about it. Now, what do you find worthy of praise. What do you find worthy of praise? So this morning I was joking with our, uh, I wasn't really joking, actually, I was pretty serious, uh, with, our, with our prayer group. Um, and I'm not sure, I told them earlier, I'm not sure if I said it or if it was while we were praying. But when I think about what's worthy of praise, as I came in this morning, I'm like, you know what's worthy of praise? Worthy of praise is that Dansby Swanson hit a tying home run last night. Worthy of praise is that Jorge Soler hit a go-ahead home run. Worthy of praise is that Will Smith didn't blow it as our closer. And I think about that. And those are fun things. Those are enjoyable things. But y'all, those are grown men playing a game hitting a baseball. Is that really worthy of praise? No, worthy of praise it's a great God, the marvelous work that he has done. Worthy of praise is that we were broken and we were lost and we had no hope. 
But Jesus came. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins and he rose again from the dead. And he hasn't left us as orphans. He says he's completing the work by his Holy Spirit in us and changing us. Y'all, that's worthy of praise. That's worthy of praise. Paul, speaking in Romans 12, 2, says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Let your thinking be changed. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And then Philippians 2, 5 again, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Jesus is the one who is pure, who is lovely, who is beautiful beyond description. And when we think about him and these things that that he displays, that he embodies, you know what happens then? That exposes our ugliness, our impurities, our sin. But if we are in Christ, our minds are being renewed every single day. And having our minds renewed, we may begin to have the mind of Christ. But we don't just do that. We don't just renew our minds by deciding, I'm ready to renew my mind now. So I've decided to flip the switch. I'm going to renew my mind and everything's going to be good. Alistair Begg, um, pastor and theologian, commenting on this passage says, If we are to know and enjoy the power of God in us and His peace, we must surround our circumstances with prayer. We must drill our minds with godly thinking and our lives in the instruction of God's Word. If we miss this, our lives will be greatly unsettled. And I add to that, they'll be unsettled because we're trying to find settledness in the wrong places. We are taught to deal with problems by either trying to empty our minds, just kind of think them away, empty our minds, or to fill them with secular thinking. Those are the two ways that our world teaches us. Now, that's a pretty hopeless place to be. And what Paul says here is the solution, the, the way we move to the solution is by filling our minds with the proper things. Filling our minds with the things that God says we need, that He says are good for us. And those are only found in His Word. But you know, we often don't like to spend time in God's Word. Or we find it hard to spend time in God's Word. And yet, how easy, how easy is it for us Instead, to go to articles, to go to blog posts, to go to help books, to go to political agendas. How easy is it for us to go there instead of to go to what God's Word says? I'd say that it's pretty easy for us to look elsewhere and listen to a different voice. And at this moment, I'm not talking about it's easy for the world out there. It's easy for us to do that. 
But how do we know what's good? Well, in general, you go back again and again to what's right. You want to know what's good, you go to what's right. Now, some of, somebody in here may be a, um, a banker, bank teller, and you may know this better than I am, but I'm told that the way um, a, a banker learns to recognize fake bills is not by studying all the different variations of fake bills. You learn to recognize fake bills by looking at the real thing. We learn to recognize the lies and the fake things in our lives by looking at the real thing and what God says. And then our second point, we practice these things. Look back to verse 9 with me. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Uh, the, um, the way this is, is written in English is a little hard for us to see, but let me just kind of paraphrase here. So he finishes verse 8 and he says, think about these things. And then he's saying, and these things which you are thinking about, you have also learned and seen and heard and received in me, so practice these things. And Paul is saying that the Philippians should practice the things he's just told them to think about. And here's what's really interesting about this to me, is that this list we just talked about, this, this list that was in, in verse 8, um, these things listed to think about, they're all over the Bible, right? We can go, and, and if you want to know the, uh, just a list of scriptures where you can find these things, I have that and I can send it to you um, that I put together. They're all over scripture, right? But what's also interesting is that they were in Greek ethics. They were in Greek cultural writings. They were in Greek thought as well, uh, these things that Paul mentions here. And they were listed there as things to think about. And so they were values that were held to in one sense. But here's the problem in the Greek culture and the culture the Philippian church was in. Is that the definition of those values had been skewed in that culture. You see, in that culture, truth was a value, but that truth was defined by what culture said. And in that culture, lovely was a value, but it was determined by what was lovely to the individual. In that culture, just, justice was a value, but it was determined by the law of the land. Do I need to go on? Does that sound familiar? It should. And Paul's saying to the Philippian Christians, but also to us, think about and subsequently practice these things because they come from God. Don't think about and practice these things because you've picked them up from culture. Think about them because they come from God and think about what he says about these things. And Paul's showing them that, through that throughout this letter that these things are embodied in Jesus. And he's now showing them that they need to live them out as Christians as their minds are changed to that of Jesus. But he says, so how do you do that? And Paul's saying, the closest thing I can tell you to give you is to pay attention how I've been living them out and practice these things. Now, Paul's not claiming here to be perfect. He's claimed in, in many other of his letters that he's not. But he's saying here, best I can do is give you this example of how to live this out. And so how do we do that? I think there's two ways. One is through the work of the God of peace. 
Again, Jesus embodied these things, and he, by the Holy Spirit, is changing and renewing our minds to think about these things, making us more like him. So Paul says, um, Paul's like, look, we know, verse 9, we have the God of peace with us. And remember, Paul's just said in verse 7 that, that God's peace, which surpasses all understanding, would guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And, and, that, and, and that is... Let me just say this, that he would guard their hearts and minds in Jesus, okay? And as he's guarding their hearts and minds in Jesus, we saw in verse 7, that was the um, end of what Pastor John preached on last week. As he guards their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, he was reminding them, and he's reminding us, of our sin and need for Jesus' work, first in our relationship with others. Remember John talked about Iodia and Syntyche, and they had this, this grief going on with each other. We don't even know what it was. But we need to be reminded of our sin and the need for Jesus' work in our relationships with others. And he was also reminding us of our sin and need for Jesus' work in our own hearts. And so now he's saying, the God of peace is with us, and by his Holy Spirit is changing how we think. We have a a man in our early prayer that constantly says, I need my stinking thinking changed. That's something I can resonate with. I, I I can remember that phrase, right? I need my stinking thinking changed. I need a new affection. It's the God of peace who is working to do those things in us. And that's also a reminder of how Paul started the letter. Chapter 1, verse 6. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you that that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Then the second way is through God using other followers of Jesus in our lives. We call this um, discipleship, or or here often you'll hear mentoring in the gospel. Um, Paul has told them to think about these things, to practice these things as they have seen him practice them. And the followers of Jesus have been saved by Jesus' work, and they're they're, they're to live looking to Jesus' strength to have their minds renewed day by day. And as a mentor in the gospel, Paul is telling them, think about Jesus, think about these things. We are also called to help each other think about these things. We are called in our marriages to help one another think about these things. So often we want to think about uh, we, we just think about the things that are going on in our schedules or think about the things that are annoying and irritating to us. But we're called to help one another think about these things, to look to Jesus. That goes with our children. We are called to help one another think about these things. That goes with, in just a few minutes, we're going to, Um, have two of our covenant children baptized this morning. Their parents are to help their children think about these things. Think about Jesus. But it's not, our, our role in that is not just, hey, pat the parents on the back and say good luck. We are also to help them think about these things. Y'all, that's counter to our world. That's counter to our world because right now in our culture, 
In our world, we only let people who agree with us speak into our lives. Just think about that statement for a minute. All right, take yourself out of the context of church for a second. Right? If you, someone disagrees with you on social media or even just in person these days, someone disagrees with you, what's the response? Blasting you, you're an idiot, so, you know, whatever, you're, you're, you're just uninformed. Like, it's just, it's ugly, right? And unfortunately, we in the church fall just as prone to that as those in the world around us. We really don't look that much different when we're on social media. All right? So, it's kind of hard for us to even think this way. In the gospel, we are asking people, we are giving people permission to pray alongside us and to call us out on things that are not in line with Scripture. We are inviting one another to help us think biblically about things in our lives. Did you know that sometimes your thinking needs to change? Did you know that sometimes my thinking needs to change? It does. Did you know that sometimes things we think that are, we think are biblical, we've kind of grown up thinking this is biblical? Actually, when applied to the Word of God, we realize, no, it's not. You want me to give you an example? God helps those who help themselves. That's not a biblical statement. There's a lot more of those, by the way. But we need to come alongside one another. And when we realize that, or when we point it out to one another, sometimes that hurts. When you have to come and point something out to me, that hurts. But it's good for us when we're doing this in a loving way. And so we have to fight the don't tell me how to live mentality when it comes to living out the gospel with one another. And, and I'll close with this, and we should also have immense compassion and patience with others when we see that their lives are not aligned with God's word. Can I say that again? We need to have immense compassion and patience with one another, with others, when we see that their lives are not aligned with God's word. Why is that? Because lest you have forgotten, in case I have forgotten, we cannot do this in our own strength either. We cannot do this in our own strength either. So what makes us think that they can just flip a switch because they decided to? You couldn't. I couldn't. We need the God of peace through the work of Jesus Christ by the power of His Holy Spirit to change our minds and therefore change our practice. And so as we prepare for communion today, I want you to just take a moment of silent prayer. And I want you to ask him, will you show me today where my mind needs to be renewed, where my thinking 
needs to change. And we'll just take a few moments of silence and then I'll bring us together for the Lord's table. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.